Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Good afternoon, Auburn Opelika. I am Brooks Childress. I am sitting in the captain's chair today for Mr. Ryan Lavoy. He is out of the office today, but it is a great Monday. I, as I said, Brooks Childress joined in studio by Brant Daughtry and Tom Peavy, their usual Monday guests. I'm the new kid here. Well, not the new kid, but I'm the uh, I'm the imposter for the day. I'm not usually on a Monday show, but. We've got a great show for you, getting ready to talk all things sports. We had a great sports weekend around not just the Auburn area, but around the the, the sports world. A lot of fun uh, games this weekend to talk about. I'm sure we'll get to all of those. And, of course, we love to hear from everybody else. 334-887-341 locally, toll-free, 888 9 We appreciate your patience the last two days, or really two and a half days, because we got halfway through the Thursday show before our phone line went down. And we obviously couldn't take phone calls on Friday heading into the weekend. We believe we've got the phone line fixed. And so give us your phone calls early and often on the, like I said, the, the Auburn Bank phone line, 334-887-341 locally or toll-free 1-888-9-TIGER-9. And so you get on that phone line. We've got a great show for coming up for you today. Birthdays and sports coming up in just a few minutes. Best and worst of the weekend. It will be a little bit earlier at 5 o'clock. And then at 5.10, we'll get out of here with the Nightly TV Guide. We're getting off a little bit early. So that's another reason to get your phone calls in early and often. Because we do have Auburn softball versus Missouri coming up tonight. Start about 6 o'clock. Airtime 5.45 right here on Tiger 95.9. But that's enough for me. That's enough for the uh, introductions. Guys, how are we doing today? Ah, doing great. It's a good weekend, and yeah, a big weekend of sports with uh, a lot of NCAA tournament stuff going on. Auburn baseball with a big series win over Georgia. Um, softball taking care of business. Equestrian taking care of business. Uh, golf taking care of business. Uh, just a, a lot going on. We're kind of in that we're in that time of year where there's a lot of things going on. You got a yeah. lot of overlap right now, and uh, but uh, yeah, I mean it was it was great. And uh, the only thing that was not great this weekend was the weather. Uh, it has been just stormy and uh, and a lot of bad storm uh, stuff out, especially out towards Mississippi. So uh, you know your your thoughts go out to all the folks in Mississippi that were affected, and then uh, people through Alabama and Georgia that have been affected by storms. So you got to you know thoughts thoughts with them, uh, and then another tragedy uh, today up in Nashville with the uh, a yeah. school shooting. So you know everybody's thoughts are there. But uh, overall, you know, other than the bad stuff with the weather and tragedies today, it's uh, it was a good weekend of sports. Yeah, Brent? yeah, absolutely. I think Tom hit on hit on just about everything. Uh, a lot going on all at the same time. And this past weekend, it all went pretty well for Auburn. Obviously, the third game against Georgia was bad. Uh, you, you gave up, I think, sixteen runs in one inning, and that's just indicative of one, you've got a bunch of injuries, and two, you ran through all your other bullpen pitchers in one in in the first two games. So. That's that's the explanation there, but you did take that series from Georgia, uh, and hopefully you can build on that moving forward. Even though it's obviously not the way you want a series to end, 
um, in the way that that one did. Softball, uh, taking two out of three so far from Missouri. They uh, played a doubleheader on Saturday, walked it off in the bottom of the seventh on in the second game, so they ended up winning both of those games. And uh, it, it was just a really an entertaining weekend uh, of Auburn sports. Golf uh, was ahead going into the final day. And then the final day got rained out, so they ended up winning the thing. And that's the story of golf this week. Uh, so a lot going on, and, and all of it going pretty well. Also had uh, the Sweet 16 and Elite 8 games this weekend that were have led to one of the more interesting Final Fours, I'll say. And we'll talk about that as, as the show goes on. But yeah, a great weekend in sports, and you know, hopefully more to come. Oh, opening day. Opening day yeah. in three days. We are in opening week of MLB baseball. The Braves have one more spring training game they had they were coming into this week they had two both of them against the boston red sox got the first one taken care of today with the win for the braves they'll play the red sox again tomorrow have an off day on wednesday and then open up an afternoon game an early afternoon game against the nationals on thursday i believe that's a 1205 first pitch and of course don't forget all atlanta braves regular season action can be heard over on our sister station am 1230 waud and so got a lot to talk about uh a lot going on. We had our first spring football scrimmage over the weekend uh, for for Auburn football. Hugh Freeze is meeting with the uh, with the media here in just about twenty minutes, I believe, and then the media, a lot of the media contingency, will get a little viewing period. And so it's going to be interesting to see what comes out of the the meeting or the the uh, the, the quotes coming out from Hugh Freeze this afternoon as uh, we we move on in spring practice, get ever closer to that A day game. Not you know doesn't feel like we get we're getting closer to naming any of the major starters that we're looking forward to. And you know Hugh Freeze has said that is going toward uh, fall camps when you're going to get those. But very important week for spring football. And I'm sure we'll get some updates coming up here later on in the show. We'll be able to pass those along to you and react to some of those as we see them. But as you said, guys, big weekend for Auburn. Equestrian got an SEC championship win over the weekend. Uh, Auburn women's golf was able to get a tournament win over the weekend up at uh, in Athens, Georgia. And then Auburn softball and Auburn baseball both winning their series. Auburn softball taking the first two against Missouri. Got the third one tonight looking for the sweep. And Auburn baseball taking Thursday's and Friday's game and then getting well, more or less shellacked on, a, on Saturday in that third game. But, you know, it, 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 we've talked about Auburn baseball and, it, you know, a lot of their struggles is the pitching staff. Uh, and especially when you hit that third game, as you were talking about, Brant, you, you had, we were in very competitive games the first two days. You had to come back. You had to have comeback wins. You had guys going multiple innings. And by the time you got to that uh, that Saturday game, that third game of the series, you were down a lot of guys from that bullpen. You didn't have a lot of guys available, and we we kind of saw that with over the weekend. We're not as many experienced guys got to pitch on Saturday and tallied up to a, a sixteen run inning. Yeah, and you know it, it hurts, and we talked about it last week. But what hurts is also having uh, Joseph Gonzalez out for maybe up to six weeks, which may or may not put him getting back in time for the SEC tournament. And that's you know you're then you're having to try to work him back in during the most critical time of the year. But for Auburn baseball, important after going on the road and getting swept by Arkansas last weekend to come back and get a series win over Georgia. Georgia's not t- cream of the crop of the SEC, obviously right. they're not a top twenty-five <clears throat> team right now. But as Butch Thompson's always said, as long as you can in the conference play, you can get two at home, one on the road. 
you you're doing you're, you're doing a good job in conference play going back on the road this coming weekend to take on the Florida Gators with a midweek coming up tomorrow right well so the big thing with Auburn is uh, in order to set themselves up for postseason they they've got to win the ones that uh, are what we would consider winnable because there's some of the series that they're going to play that they're just they're not going to be favored to even win the series I mean yeah. when, when you when you face an, uh, an LSU when you you know do they play Vanderbilt? They don't play Vanderbilt. They, don't. they, they do play. They've got uh, upcoming, I believe the conference slate is Florida, Texas A&M. A&M will be tough. Alabama, Mississippi State, South Carolina, okay. LSU, Missouri are left on the schedule. Right. And if I miss someone, I, I apologize, but those are the seven that I know of are on the schedule. So so there's quite a few. Um, there's, there's quite a few winnable series in there because uh, while Alabama has been playing uh, pretty good baseball, they're not really one of the – top teams in the SEC. Mississippi State's terrible this year. Um, they're ready to fire their coach and try to come and, and put, uh, poach Butch Thompson away. Um, so, I mean, there's quite a few winnable series. And so, uh, Ole Miss is also in there. Yeah, and, and Ole Miss has not been playing well of late. And so You really dodged some bullets when you didn't have to face Vanderbilt or uh, Tennessee. Right. And then who, there, there's someone else that I'm missing that they're not they're playing not playing this year. They're to, not playing Kentucky this year. Right. That, they're usually a good uh, ball club. Yeah. I'd have to go through and look at that whole top 25 and who all is in there. But um, but, but when the ones that, that you know that you can win. And Georgia was one that was a very winnable series. And so take two of three from there. Yeah, you, you would have liked to have seen a better outing on, on on Saturday. But, you know, Auburn just – they ran out of arms and it and it showed. And it's that's one of those things that happens. And so uh, it, it's it, the pitching has been an issue for this team all season long uh, already. And so they need to shore that up, figure out some things with that. But – but win the series that are winnable. Yeah. And then that can set you up in the postseason, and you'll see what happens. And hopefully by the time you get to there, you're, you're back healthy. Maybe you've got Gonzalez back, and, and you can add that arm to it. Uh, but that's the biggest thing is don't falter against the teams that you should be beating. Yes. Because when you play LSU, you got to understand that's you're you're, you're going to be against the 1927 Yankees. You are going to be absolutely fortunate to to stay in a game with them. And if you if you take a win from LSU, then you've really done something because I mean that that team is is basically an all star team right the now. The fortunate thing is you get them at home this year. Is yeah. they're coming to come to Plainsman Park, so you you at least have a chance with yeah. the home crowd there to get some rally behind. Because if you're going to Alex Box Stadium with yeah. against an LSU team that could potentially be number one in the country when you visit them, right? Yeah, that that's pretty tough. Yeah. So uh, they they did what they needed to do with getting the the two out of three and a uh, and a huge crowd. Both games sellouts. And yeah. So they um, they're packing them into the stadium. Uh, yeah. I, I, they like I said they they took care of business. They, there was nothing. Uh, in the two victories, there was nothing just extremely flashy. Uh, they just it was hard nosed baseball, and they yeah. got a win. Uh, both were comebacks, were they, were they not? Yeah, the at least the the third yeah the Thursday and the Friday one were both comebacks because yeah. I I went to the Thursday one and they came back and they had, they actually had several chances to win before it got to the ele- that eleventh inning win. They had right. a couple chances where they could have won it a little bit earlier, but they were able to make that you comeback. A, and then the Friday the 11th, was also in, a comeback. In the in the eleventh, you get the walk off bases loaded walk. Walk. Yeah, yeah, and, and and was it twice Georgia missed home plate? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That was on the Thursday game. Yes. Yeah. Twice Georgia a runner trying to score missed home plate. I think that's right. I know it happened once, but but I that may I, have been the Friday game. That may have been the Friday game. I was thinking that was 
because they played Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I was yep. thinking that was the Thursday game because I was giving I was giving all the guys updates via Twitter. You may be right then, but either way, that may um, have been when I was in the bathroom. No, <laughs> but um, but yeah, I mean, like I said, Auburn took care of business. They did what they needed to do. Get got a series win, and and that's the most important yes. thing is to set yourself up for for that postseason. Yep, is to win the ones that you can win. You know, if you if you take a sweep against LSU. I mean, yeah, you don't want that to happen, but I mean, goodness gracious, LSU is just destroying everybody right now. Yes, if you are if you're Auburn baseball, you know you come into this. You, like I said, you you needed a series win coming back home. One, you're back home for your SEC home opener weekend, but two, you just came off getting swept by Arkansas, and you, you know you came back in. The the key is going to be because they can hit the ball. That that's not a that's not a question right now. Is they're they're able to make contact. They're they're getting they're getting runs. You just got to manage that pitching staff. Just you know, it, because of the injuries, you got to manage that pitching staff in a certain way where you you don't lose all your guys before you hit that Sunday game or that third game uh, of the week or the weekend and have your chance to win. Because you know, if you go into it, you know, let let's say you turn this turn this around. Auburn comes comes back and wins that Thursday night game, right? What if they don't come back and win that Friday game, and you're going into Saturday with uh, you know trying to win a series? And you've got the same pitching situation that you had going into this past Saturday's game because it was the you know almost the same situation except you weren't able to come back. That's rough. That's rough. And so you got to be able to manage that pitching situation. I I don't doubt Butch Thompson's going to be able to do that. I don't doubt that uh, Coach Schoenrock's going to be able to do that. Uh, it's it's just you know you you got to get into the groove of the conference play. You got a midweek game on Tuesday against North Alabama at Plainsman Park coming up tomorrow night, and of course going on the weekend visit the Florida Gators. Always a good ball club. Always a team that you have to watch out for. Always a team ranked in the top 25. And that's where the Tigers will be this weekend. 334-887-341 locally. Toll free one 888 9 is how you get on the Auburn Bank phone line. We'll get to the phone lines right after this as well as going to our birthdays and sports. First break of the show. Shortened show today. We're off at 515 to get make way for Auburn softball. You're listening to Sports Call. Tiger 95.9. Sports Call crew wants to hear from you. Give us a phone call at 334-887-3401. This is Philip Lolly, former Auburn Tigers football assistant coach for the 2010 National Championship team, and you are listening to Sports Call. Sports Call Podcast is brought to you by Coca-Cola. If you ever miss Sports Call Live or you just want to hear something again, make sure you go back and listen to our show on demand wherever you get your podcasts. Enjoy a nice cold Coca-Cola to go along with the hottest sports talk. Coca-Cola, taste the feeling. Sports Call Podcast, as you know, you hear it every single day. You can get it anywhere. You get a podcast. Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, everywhere. I'm Brooks Childress, Tom Peavy, Brant Daughtry, 
in the studio today. I'm the guest, te- technically the guest, host. These two other guys are normal Monday guys, so they know what's up. I'm filling in for Ryan Lavoie today. He'll be back tomorrow. Should be back tomorrow with a new edition of Sports Call. <clears throat> 334-887-341-Locally, toll-free, 9-Tiger-9. It's how you get on the Auburn Bank phone line. Brant. Brooks. I don't think I asked you, what, what were your thoughts on small room baseball this past weekend? Uh, you know, obviously not the the ending to the series that you wanted, but, uh, you know, other than running out of gas at the very end, I thought the the tenacity that they showed that to to come back from being down yeah. uh, in the ninth inning and then, you know, pushing it to extras and getting the walk-off walk in one of the cooler moments of the season so far uh, was really impressive. Um, and just... It, you know, to to battle back from being down uh, in those moments is super impressive. And I think that this team has something that it can build on going forward. Obviously, the injuries are going to hurt, uh, as, especially as long as Joseph Gonzalez, your best pitcher, is not starting for you. Uh, that's going to be that's going to cause some issues. But this team can can you know, like you guys said, hold serve in the games at home and. You know, just just be competitive, be competitive, pick up some wins uh, in time for Joseph Gonzalez to come back, as long as well as those other guys. We'll talk more Auburn baseball as we go through today, and of course, go through the rest of this week as we get ready for Auburn baseball taking on North Alabama in a midweek ser- uh, midweek clash tomorrow night here at Plainsman Park, and then Tigers go on the road to Gainesville, Florida over the weekend take on the Florida Gators. But right now, it's time to get to our birthdays in sports. <laughs> It's time for today's Birthdays in Sports. Birthdays in Sports brought to you by our friends over at Max Credit Union. Visit two locations here in the Auburn-Opelika area on Gay Street here in Auburn. Frederick Road over in Opelika. And of course, if you're listening to us across East Central Alabama, a lot of different locations, a lot around Montgomery. Stop by, find them online. Max Credit Union, proud partners of Birthdays in Sports. Let's start off today in the NFL world. Turning 60 years old today is the former NFL quarterback, Randall Cunningham. 60 years old today. 60 years young today. Cunningham was a star in football as well as track and field in California and played college football at UNLV. Let's go running Rebels. He was a two-time All-American as a punter. How about that? As well as a starting quarterback. And as a senior in 1984, he led UNLV to an 11-3 record, the best in program history his number 12 is retired by UNLV. He was drafted by the Eagles in the second round of the 1984 draft and played 11 of his 16 years in Philly. He was a three-time Pro Bowler, four-time or a three-time All-Pro, four-time Pro Bowler, and is in the Eagles Hall of Fame. Randall Cunningham is 60 years old today. Tom? I, I just remember Randall Cunningham growing up, <laughs> watching him play football. He was, he was pretty incredible. This is I need. We needed your expert <coughs> expertise here because uh, you know. Obviously, I don't think me and Brant saw Randall Cunningham playing. Did not. No. He was good. He was a very mobile quarterback, cannon arm. Um, yeah. I mean, he was, a, he was a superstar. Elsewhere in the football world, turning 23 years old today as a wide receiver for the Cleveland Browns, Elijah Moore turning 23. Moore was born in Florida and was an All-American as a senior. Played college football at Ole Miss. And as a junior in 2020, he was an All-American. He was a finalist for the Bolitnikoff Award. In 2021, he was drafted by the Jets in the second round. In 2023, mere days ago, he was traded to the Browns. Elijah Moore, 
turning 23 years old today. How about that? A few days before your birthday, you get traded from the Jets to the Browns. Is that a trade that you want to be a part of? I think in today's world, well, with the whole Aaron Rodgers coming to the Jets thing, maybe not. Yeah. But uh, I think most of the time it's kind of a one-for-one, one, or at least most of my lifetime. Pretty pretty good wide receiver Elijah Moore uh, will never, ever uh, be forgotten that he lost the Egg Bowl because yeah. he scored a touchdown and then peed like a dog in the end zone. Oh, that was him. That, that was him. What yeah. it? But That's, still, still a pretty good NFL it, wide receiver. He's doing all right for himself, but that is forever seared into my brain. Ever since that time, there's been I've, a Twitter... On, on Twitter, there's been threads that'll pop up every once in a while. It'll say, you know, it'll be like, this happened because Elijah Moore acted like he peed like a dog in the end zone. And it'll like run through like all these scenarios. It's like, this wouldn't have happened in the college football world yeah. had this Matt, not happened. Matt like, Luke well, Matt Luke would still be the head coach at Ole Miss if Elijah Moore hadn't peed in the end zone like a dog. Maybe. Would, Maybe. Joe, would Joe Moorhead still be at Mississippi State? <coughs> I doubt it. I, mean, I doubt it. You never know. For for winning the game, did he get fired? I don't think that's why. In the baseball world, former catcher for the San Francisco Giants, one of my favorite players that was not that's not been an Atlanta Brave. Buster Posey is turning 36 years old. My mom loves him so much. Posey grew up in Leesburg, Georgia. How close is that to you, Brent? Uh, uh two hours? It's not it's not close, but it's it's within a reasonable drive. Well, he was a star in baseball, football, soccer, and basketball. Real four-star player there. Uh, Posey led Lee County, not Alabama, Lee County, Georgia, mm. high school to a state championship appearance as a senior in 2008 and was named Player of the Year for the state by several publications. He played college baseball at Florida State, Go Knowles. Played there for three seasons, winning the Golden Spikes Award as a junior. He was drafted fifth overall by the Giants in 2008 and made his MLB debut a year later. He played 12 seasons, all of them in San Francisco, and was a seven-time All-Star, one-time NL MVP, one-time Gold Glover, five-time Silver Slugger Award winner, one-time Batting Champion, and three-time World Series winner Buster Posey, turning 36 years old. Buster Posey is the probably the only baseball player that I own a jersey for that was that has not been a Brave. I do have a Tim Hudson San Francisco Giants jersey, but he was a Brave when I started uh, you know, following the Braves, and he was my favorite player at the time, so I just followed him. But Buster Posey is the only non-Braves player that I have a jersey of in baseball. How far is Leesburg from Perry, Brent? Leesburg? It, yeah. it, is, it is about two hours. Two hours? Okay. It's about two hours. It's oh. down there towards Albany, Georgia. Yes, oh. it is. Man. I went to Florida State. Anybody remember watching him at Florida State? Uh, I, I mean, I remember him being really good at Florida State, but, I mean, it's college baseball, so you don't really get a good feel for That's true. You didn't have uh, – when he played, you didn't have the ACC network and right. all these yeah. different – you know, everything – every game was streamed. You had, to, you had to look for those baseball games. Two things. One, I hated the sport of baseball in 2008, so no, I did not watch him wow. at Florida State. Um, and another thing, when I was doing research for these birthdays – uh, Buster Posey once played in a game where he played all nine positions yeah. in one game. I've seen that struck, done struck out two. He was a pitcher. He, he was the pitcher for an inning. Struck out two guys. I've seen that done before, um, but it was in a minor league game, and the guy was like <clears throat> retired. He'd been in the minor leagues for like ten years, and he was retiring. And they're like, "Yeah, you know what? We're just gonna let you play all nine yeah. positions today." That's junior at Florida State. Buster Posey did it once. How about that? Buster Posey, thirty-six years old today. Finally, in the NBA world. Former NBA forward and coach Ed Pinckney. Pinckney was born in New York and played college basketball at Villanova. Let's go Cats. 
1985 led the eight-seeded Wildcats to an NCAA title over Georgetown and was named Most Outstanding Player of the Tournament. He was widely considered to be one of the greatest upsets in NCAA basketball history. He was drafted 10th overall by the Suns and played 12 seasons in the NBA after his retirement and became a coach and retired from coaching in 2019. Ed Pinckney, I think that's how you pronounce it, 59 years old today. How about that? Good for him. Happy birthday. Villanova and Georgetown <laughs> now in the uh, in the same conference. They yep. play, play, both play in the Big East. One is uh, slightly better than the other. So, happy birthday, Randall Cunningham, Buster Posey, Ed Binkney, and Elijah Moore. And of course, if it's your birthday, happy birthday to you. That's our birthdays in sports brought to you by our friends over at Max Credit Union. Let's head our second break of the show. When we come back, we head to the Auburn Bank phone line. Your calls are up next. James from Montgomery, retired Wardam Steve are all on the line. We'll get to them right after this. You're listening to the multi-time Abbey Award-winning Sports Call. Now, back to the multi-time Abbey Award-winning Sports Call. Welcome back to Sports Call on a Monday afternoon. Hope your first of the week is getting wrapped up well. Hope you had a good weekend. Thanks for making us a part of your day. Thanks for making us a part of your week. You listen to us all five days. I'm Brooks Shoulder sitting in the driver's seat today for Ryan LaVoy. He'll be back tomorrow with a new episode of Sports Call. Tom Peavy, Brant Daughtry, join me in the studio today. And if you would like Yo. to join us on the Auburn Bank phone line, you can... That's where all of our sports call callers and guests join us is the Auburn Bank phone line. Auburn Bank has been your hometown bank for over 110 years. Visit them online at auburnbank.com for more information. Your partner, your neighbor, your friend, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Give us a call to join Sports Call at 334-887-341 locally or toll free at one 888 9 Auburn Bank is the proud sponsor of that sports call phone line. So let's get ready to go to the sports call phone line for the first time today, and we're going to take a trip down to the state capitol, as we do almost every single day, and talk to one of our good friends, James from Montgomery. That's right. James from Montgomery is joining us on the Auburn Make phone line. James, how are you doing this afternoon? I'm good. I'm War Eagle. War Eagle. Yeah, we have just made it to the end of this March Madness tournament, and I mean, I've really seen a really good, uh, I've had a really good time, you know, with the March Madness tournament this year, seeing all of the great teams try to work so hard, uh, what they do and, and seeing so many great, uh, you know, seeing, seeing so many great teams actually trying to make it to the final four in Houston, uh, this coming up April, which is, uh, next week. And I, I'm just going to say, where would March Madness be in, uh, 2024? Where, where do you actually see? Uh, next year's uh, great tournament event um, show up in what location? Well, March Madness next year. Uh, we'll look it up for you. The future March Madness events for next year. Uh, you are going to have 
the Final Four is going to be in Phoenix, Arizona at the State Farm Stadium. And Arizona State's going to be the host school for that one next year. You'll also have uh, the events are going to be taking place. The first four is going to be, of course, in Dayton, Ohio, as it always is. The uh, first and second rounds will be in Brooklyn, New York, Charlotte, North Carolina, Indianapolis, Omaha, Nebraska, Pittsburgh, and Salt Lake City, as well as Spokane, Washington, and Memphis, Tennessee. And then, of course, the regional sites are going to be Boston, Dallas, Detroit, and Los Angeles. So a lot of variety there for you, James, next year. Yeah, because, I mean, 2024, I mean, those are some great options. Um, but I should say, um, you know, for the 2024 March Madness, I'll probably say that they should add Las Vegas, Nevada to that list as well. Because, I mean, Las Vegas, Nevada, seeing March Madness there, it hasn't been done in in a while in the Sin City. So, I mean, they should put it out there as well. And it's a lot of people that would uh, roll the dice and actually see who's going to win. Well, I'll tell you what, James, I, I just scrolled through. They do not have Las Vegas on the schedule for the preliminary rounds through 2026, and that's when they've been announced. But they do have the Final Four will be in Las Vegas on April 1st, and the National Championship game will be on in Las Vegas on April 3rd of 2028. So they are they do have Las Vegas on the schedule there at that new Allegiant Stadium in 2028 for the Final Four in the National Championship game. Yeah, so that would be um, that would be a really good thing for me to see. Yeah, and uh, and actually seeing uh, so many times I've been watching the March Madness tournament over year over years past and uh, seeing some great uh, locations. I I would like to see uh, the women's uh, March Madness and seeing uh, maybe a neutral site, maybe in Neville Arena, you know, being played in Auburn, Alabama, as well, and and getting. Uh, getting a lot of uh, a lot of different um, players, a lot of different teams from the women's side that Auburn has played over the years, over time. Uh, seeing Auburn and South Carolina actually uh, playing their first round in, in Neville Arena, that would be a really good uh, matchup. And actually, with those two uh, division uh, division schools in the SEC. They should actually have uh, next year when we actually, when the girl when the ladies play uh, South Carolina. I think they should have like a throwback uniform uh, night for Auburn and uh, South Carolina as well. And then before the game, uh, before the game actually uh, tips off, they should show history of the Auburn women's basketball team of you know year like you know goes like through the timeline of seeing so many great uh, legendary players and uh, coaches that actually coached over the years as well. And then with Coach Don Staley and her iconic uh, historic record uh, with the South Carolina Gamecocks, I mean, they're, they're really amazing, an amazing uh, school out there in uh, South Carolina. So I, I, I really think that it's their time to shine in Dallas. Yeah, you saw the uh, Auburn women's basketball got to host in the WNIT tournament this year against Tulane in that opening round. And so hopefully one day we'll get to see the uh, the NCAA tournament return to Neville Arena for with Auburn hosting if Auburn's a high enough seed to be able to you know be able to, to host that. And uh, yeah, South Carolina women's basketball continues to roll through the uh, the NCAA tournament. They take on Maryland coming up tonight at six o'clock, and hopefully they can punch their ticket, or at least they're hoping they can punch their ticket to the uh, the Final Four, just like LSU did, and just like Iowa did last night. Yes, that's all. Because I mean, with South Carolina, I'm actually um, 
I'm actually riding on the South Carolina train and seeing where it's going to, where is their next stop is going to be. And I think it's going to be in Dallas. And I'm hoping that Donna Staley would win another uh, national title to her name. Yeah, she's got a great team this year. I know the Auburn Auburn Tigers saw them twice this year, and so a lot of Auburn fans know exactly how good that Don Staley coach South Carolina team is. And yeah, it, it it should be fun. Hopefully, you you know you get to see them over there in Dallas next weekend for the Final Four and National Championship weekend. But we'll see what happens tonight. They've got a tough test against Maryland. What else you got for us uh, today, James? Well, I have some Lamar Jackson news that I've been hearing all weekend long over. The weekend and uh, seeing if Lamar Jackson is still going to play with his Baltimore Ravens or what other teams um, do you think he might show up in or show up at, you know, during uh, his free agency? Yeah, a lot of different, a lot of different news coming out about Lamar Jackson. He's saying he wants to trade, and you know, we'll, we'll see if that happens. I know. He's he's not he's not a true free agent. He is able to shop around a little bit on different deals, but he is still a Baltimore Ravens player right now. And so we'll see if he plays for the Ravens this coming year. If he, you know, there's a lot of rumors that Atlanta could be involved in trying to get Lamar Jackson. There's a lot of rumors that he could go somewhere else. I know I've seen the Patriots name come up a little bit uh, with Lamar Jackson too. I've seen different teams uh, pop up, and so we'll we'll see what happens with uh, with Lamar Jackson. Yeah, because, I mean, there's a lot of um, opportunity for Lamar Jackson. Uh, I mean, if he's not a free agent, so he can just, you know, shop around and uh, actually see, you know, what, you know, what, you know, what NFL stores might be out there that might be good for him to actually, uh, you know, buy some new threads, you know, for his new look for, uh, for the NFL football season as well. And, I'm looking at maybe Tampa. I'm looking at uh, Jacksonville. I'm looking at Cleveland. I'm looking at the Washington Commanders. I'm looking at the New York Giants, the New York Giants, the Indianapolis Colts, the Las Vegas Raiders, uh, the Chicago Bears. Um, you know, many many teams out there would like to have Lamar Jackson as well. Maybe with the uh, Super Bowl champion uh, Kansas City Chiefs. That that would be a really good fit for Lamar Jackson and uh, Patrick Mahomes to actually, uh, you know, link arms together as well and maybe win another uh, chance at the Super Bowl this coming up year. Yeah, I don't know if he'd go to Kansas City because they'd have to pay him a lot of money. They're already paying Patrick Mahomes a lot of money and. I don't think Lamar Jackson really wants to be a backup to Patrick Mahomes, and I don't think that Patrick Mahomes wants to have to compete with the starting job with anybody for that Kansas City spot. So there, there's a couple teams in there that you named that Lamar Jackson could end up on. He could, you know, of course, end up back with the Baltimore Ravens next year. We, we just have to wait and see what happens now that uh, we, we've got some more developments on that Lamar Jackson side. What else you got for us today, James? Well, I'm actually uh, counting the days down to – the uh, NFL football draft and seeing yeah. some uh, seeing some names actually being uh, being picked on the first night of the NFL draft, which is not too far away for me asking. Yeah, it's not too far away. End of end of April and the first of May, we'll have the NFL draft coming up. Is there anybody that you're uh, you're particularly looking you know looking out to see who they, when their name gets called? Um, I'm actually looking at. Mm, I'm probably I'm I'm gonna stay in Auburn, and I'm gonna actually say I'm looking at St. Bixby and, and actually seeing where he where he might land 
as well. Maybe he might land with the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. Um, if we if we pick him first off, first round overall, that would be a really good fit for for him to actually be a Cowboy, and I can actually uh, relate to that because I've been a Cowboy fan for so many many years. And if he comes to uh, Dallas, I would um, you know I'll actually you know get get a chance to uh, talk to. Tank Bixby on the show maybe sometime in the spring as well. Yeah, that'd be fun. Uh, so I, I looked up the CBS Sports latest mock draft. James has the Dallas Cowboys at the 26th pick in the first round, taking Oregon State tight end Luke Musgrave. What do you think about that? Um, yes, um, we did. Look, I did look at um, Musgrave's um, uh 40 time and I think his 40 is really good so I'm just going to see how he's going to um what what he's really going to bring to to the uh Dallas Cowboys organization as well and seeing some great names that are coming to the to the team as well and uh seeing we're we really expanded around Dak Prescott so we've lost Ezekiel Elliott he's off to a different team we've lost uh, Tony Pollard, he's gone. We lost uh, C.D. Lamb, he's gone. So we got a lot of newcomers that are actually coming to the Cowboys roster in 2023. Yes, sir. Now that you, uh, you've you heard that mock draft, are you going to go watch some Oregon State film tonight and tomorrow? Huh? But now, now that you heard that mock draft of, of Musgrave coming to the potentially being the draft pick for the Cowboys, are you going to go watch some, some old games from Oregon State last year? Uh, yes, I will. I will uh, actually do that and uh, seeing some uh, old highlights from Oregon State and seeing uh, how uh, how he's progressed over time and uh, seeing what he's really going to do when uh, they do the the Oregon State Pro Day as well and uh, seeing some some great similarities between then and now as well. Yeah, that'll be good to get, make you know get an early look at who your potential draft pick could be. Anything else you got for us today, James? Well, I actually have my two uh, favorite teams that would actually win the Final Four. I All have right. UConn winning against uh, San Diego State uh, next week, and I think I have uh, who's the other team that actually. One. Well, th- this weekend, the Final Four will be UConn versus Miami, and then San Diego State will play Florida Atlantic. So I have uh, UConn beating Miami, and right. then I have uh, Florida Atlantic beating uh, San Diego State. Okay, so a, a San Diego or a, a Florida Atlantic UConn national championship a week from tonight. That that'd be a fun game to watch. Yes, and then for the national championship to win it all. I'll probably need a drum roll for this one. You need a drum roll? Well, let's see yes. if I can uh let's see if I can find you a, a drum roll here, James. Um let's see if I can get you a, a drum roll here. Here we go. And I actually have to win the national championship for March Madness, the Yukon Huskies actually win it all this year. That's a popular... Huh? No, I was going to say that's a popular pick. Yes, because I've actually seen UConn 
uh, time and time and time again, win it. So I think this is their year to win it. And seeing great history coming from that school, it, it's an amazing run for UConn to actually make it this far as well. Yeah, all four of these teams have had great runs to get here to to the Final Four, and now they get set to take on each other on, on Saturday for a chance to go to the national title game a week from tonight. Anything else before we have to let you go here, James? Um, I don't have anything at all, but I'll probably uh, call you all back tomorrow with like some more um, NBA news when something actually comes up as well. All right. We look forward to hearing NBA news from James tomorrow. Thanks for calling in today, James. All right. War Eagle. War Eagle. That was James from Montgomery joining us on the Auburn Bank phone line, 334-887-341. Locally, toll-free, 1-888-9-TIGER-9. It's how you get on that Auburn Bank phone line. Yeah, guys, just a couple more minutes to uh, wrap this uh, thing up here before we head to our top of the hour break. Reminder to everybody out there, shortened show today. We'll be off the air at 5.15. Get, make way for Auburn softball versus Missouri this evening. First pitch is at 6 o'clock at Jane B. Moore Field. Airtime right here from the Auburn Sports Network on Tiger 95.9 at 545. I believe they're also shooting off fireworks tonight at Jane B. Moore. So, they are. Uh, and it's not just going to be when Briellis comes to bat. No. They, but like actual. Post-game fireworks set for tonight. So if you haven't uh, made plans for tonight, that may be a good way to wrap up your Monday is head on down to Jane B. Moore Field. I'm sure they've got a few tickets left at the uh, at the booth to uh, to be able to pick up. And so, you know, head out to that. It's going to be a good, uh, good night for softball. Auburn softball. We're on the subject. We got you know two minutes to talk about this. Right. Two had to adjust the schedule around because of weather weather related uh, over the weekend, but got two in on Saturday and took both of them. Uh, first one won that game. What was it? It was like two to one, four to two, something think, like that. I think four to one, four to one, something like that. And then uh, Maddie Penta it came in in the second game, struck out seventeen, struck out seventeen, got tied her career high, pitched seven um, innings. Yeah, it got the. Uh, Tied the program record for strikeouts in an SEC game. So uh, an absolutely dominant performance from Maddie Pinta. Something that we've kind of gotten used to seeing from her. Yeah. I understand that the uh, the Oklahoma series happened uh, two weeks ago, but that's something of an anomaly, uh, as we've outlined. But uh, incredible performance from Maddie. Um, still would like to see the bats going a little bit more, but you got what you needed, and you got it when you needed it. So well, Lindsey Garcia had a good day in the first game on Saturday. Yes. She drove in, a, I think it was three, two or three runs, two or three RBIs on the day. Uh, Jesse Blaine had a good day at the plate on the second game uh, for the Tigers. And so hopefully Auburn softball can come out tonight, get a sweep of the Missouri Tigers to uh, get back into conference play. They took, they took two out of three from Georgia over uh, a couple weeks ago, correct? Um, I believe so. Say that again. And took two out of three from Georgia. Yes, up in Athens. Yes, well, okay. and then they went out to that uh, Oklahoma City tournament. Got destroyed. They they took one game, and then the rest of them, Tom very eloquently described it, yeah. got destroyed. <clears throat> and then they they have taken two out of three against Missouri. Chance to get the sweep tonight. Yeah, um, and hopefully they do that. Um, need to start showing that consistent consistent play through. Uh, through SEC, put that road trip back behind them. That uh, you know they just they got thumped by Oklahoma out there on the road. But I mean Oklahoma's kind of beating everybody like that. So uh, yeah, get the get these SEC series wins and uh, keep progressing on through. Get to the postseason. 
Second hour just around the corner. We're about to hit our break. We'll have we'll talk a little bit about Final Four action. We'll talk a little bit more Auburn baseball, Auburn softball, and we'll have some updates from Hugh Freeze. Hugh Freeze speaking to the media right now ahead of today's spring practice for the Auburn Tigers coming off of Friday scrimmage in the spring. 334-887-341 locally, toll-free 1-888-9-TIGER-9 is how you get on the Auburn Bank phone line. Call in during this break, get you in line to start hour number two. Retired War Damn Steve joins us. I'm Brooks Childress, Brant Daughtry, Tom Peavy. One hour down, one hour and 15 minutes to go on a Monday edition of Sports Call. One hour of our show is in the books. We've got more to come. Stay tuned for another hour of Sports Call right after the break. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Second hour of Sports Call starts right now. I'm Brooks Childress sitting in the driver's seat for Ryan LaVoy today. He'll be back tomorrow for a brand new edition of Sports Call. Tom Peavy, Brant Daughtry joining me on a shortened Sports Call today. Only an hour and 15 left of the show as we'll get off the air a little bit early. Make way for Auburn softball. Airtime 545 right here from the Auburn Sports Network this evening. As the Tigers take on Missouri, or as the Auburn Tigers take on the Missouri Tigers. That game, of course, like I said, can be heard right here. Also on the Tiger Communications app. And you can watch the game on the SEC Network. So a, a network game tonight you'll be able to watch while you're eating, uh, while you're settling down for dinner. If you're not in the Auburn Oak Lake area, not, don't have tickets to the game tonight. Of course, Brent, you said they're, they're doing fireworks tonight after the game at Jane B. Moore Field. Yes, they are. Part of the SEC home opening weekend. Some big uh, big stuff going on out there. So if you're in the area, maybe, you know, catch a fireworks show after that game tonight. Catch a fireworks show. Hopefully you catch one during the game with some some home runs from the Auburn softball team. 334-887-341 locally. Toll-free one 888 9 is how you get on the Auburn Bank phone line. We appreciate everybody's patience last week into last week with our phone line being out. Uh, and we are, seem to be back up and running. Had James from Montgomery on in the first hour. We're about to get back to that Auburn Bank phone line. Want to let you know we got best and worst of the weekend coming up here in just a little while at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. And, of course, nightly TV guide still to come. And, of course, rest of your phone calls. As I said, 334-887-341 locally. Toll-free 1-888-9-TIGER-9 is how you get on the Auburn Bank phone line. Let's go back to that Auburn Bank phone line. And it is... War Damn Steve. Retired War Damn Steve joining us on that Auburn Bank phone line. Steve, how are you doing this afternoon? Hope you had a good weekend. Very good. Thanks for asking. Uh, yes, it was a 
uh, pretty uh, acceptable, uh, especially when we came to the college basketball game. Uh, but guys, I want to let you know, you know, I'm stubborn, and I, I suspect you may have some color ID. I don't know, but when those phones kept ringing, I said, okay, they are probably just tired of my butt calling. So uh, I'll uh, just have to wait until Monday. That I heard Ryan LaVoy say, no, uh, I, I shouldn't tell you personally. So uh, uh, thanks for uh, uh, working out the other phone uh, issue, guys. Oh, absolutely. Steve, if we if we were able to answer the phone and to see it, we would have answered it for you. I, I, no, I'm just messing with you guys. All right, guys, let's get, let's get to call you basketball first. Let's do it. Now, I want to know, be completely forthright with me, how many of you people, you guys right now, how many of you would have picked – FAU to the major final four in December. In December of this past season, how I, many of you would have picked FAU to go to the final four? Nobody. 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 Thank no. you, honestly. Shoot, no. Neither would I. But apparently, some better did. Oh, wow. Yes, you didn't see the article, then. No. no. It comes from fan cited by a Reed Wallach. Uh, so I said, well, i got to read this. Apparently, a better in December at Superbook Sports bet $500 on FAU to make the Final Four. Now, the odds at that time were 400 to 1. Well, that person won $200,000. Wow. Now, I'm trying to figure out, you tell me guys, who who would have picked FAU after out of all those teams to have said, I'm going to put this much money on FAU. Now, we don't know from the article if that person put bets on other teams and this is just one of the lucky picks that he made or if this is the only pick. And we don't know, it didn't tell us in the article, if they're an alumni FAU or they're a student FAU or they have a family member with FAU. Uh, but I just want to ask you guys, because you're a lot more, I even asked my son who follows basketball, I mean, much better than I ever do. And he knows the players. He said, no, Dad. I said, he said, if you'd give me $500, I wouldn't put it on FAU. So, guys, what explains why someone had put that much money, $500, on FAU. Well, here, here's my first explanation. First they thing that popped, they first, first thought that came to my mind, it was Biff Tannen from Back to the Future who got a hold of the, uh, the, <laughs> the sports almanac. Okay. That sounds plausible. That's the only thing that I can think of. Unless you're just a, a dedicated fan of that team and you say, hey, here's $500 for my team to make it. I don't, you know... I don't know what if, unless they just had you know you walk up to the 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 betting window and you look up you say, huh, let me just you know crazy let's just put five hundred dollars down on this team. Yeah, you know, I'm just thinking now. Of course, the article would have been better if they said you know they also put some bets on other teams too, and this one was just just one that, that that won for them. You know, so we don't know that part. But anyway, I thought it was interesting. You know, a lot of side uh, piece of fact there. Somebody actually won two hundred thousand dollars on FAU. Now. Speaking with college basketball guys, uh, thank goodness for San Diego State, because now I can enjoy the rest of the basketball uh, competition and tournament. And from now on, San Diego State is my second best, uh, most loved basketball uh, college basketball team uh, before uh, uh, after Auburn, of course. Now, I've read the prognostications, the comparisons, the pros and the cons of each remaining Final Four, and if I just went stats, it seems like UConn is the formidable opponent that's going to win. However, if we just went with stats, why well, play the games? And Alabama should be the winner, right? 
I, I mean, you, you look at the stats, you look at how they, you know, they were the number one overall seed. Yeah, that, that's probably what, what you would go with. Well, how about this stat? In the two tournament, uh, the, the what, Sweet 16, yeah, and Elite Eight, anyway, uh, Aztecs held, get this, both Alabama and Creighton to seven of 44 three-point attempts. That's some good perimeter defense. Yeah. I did not know they had done that impressive performance against both those teams. Seven of 44 was was what their success was against the Aztecs. Yeah, that is, that, that's one, a combination of good perimeter defense, and then and two, just shots not just, falling. Yeah, just catching teams that couldn't get their shots to fall. And I saw, uh, um, I watched last four minutes again because I thought, well, you know, in fact, they were <clears throat> what, only up by four points with about two, two and a half minutes left. I said, okay, here comes the typical Alabama comeback, but it didn't happen. And I saw their guys just blocking, I mean, I mean continuously just blocking shots without fouling. Alabama players like who? Brandon Miller. Yeah. Like who? Clowney. Like who? Quinterly. Uh, and Sears. Those guys fouled out. Yeah. It's usually the reverse that happens, right, guys? Yeah, you. I mean, you're a more experienced team. You get a you get a team, or not not more experienced, a a a, a better put together team. Probably you you get the you know the the lesser teams on on the ropes a little bit. They start to get a little desperate, and you see the other team foul out before you do. But San Diego State did a great job, had a great game plan coming into this weekend, and they they got the win. Yeah, and all I kept reading was Creighton is one of the best offensive you know teams in the nation, and yet they were held. By the Aztecs. Now, UConn probably, in fact, they have the best odds of winning, according to uh, to the Vegas Insider people. But I'm pulling for San Diego State, no, no matter what. Who you guys, who you guys want? But who do you think is going to win it? Who do I think is going to win it? I, I think if you had to, if you told me to pick a team right now and put my money on it, I'd pick UConn. Yeah, UConn's my pick. But if you told me who I want, who I want to win it all, I want right. Florida Atlantic to win it all because that's just a great story. A Conference USA team winning a national title mm. that'd be great. And KT Harrell is yeah. their uh, director of play- basketball operations. Yeah, I understand that. I'm just still going to San Diego State. Sure. Uh, just just because they they upset Alabama for me. I think you and a lot of other Auburn fans are on the uh, San Diego State bandwagon now. Yeah, it, it's gonna be it's gonna be hard to knock off UConn. They they are playing uh, they're playing an incredible brand of basketball right now, and I and I think they've they've got the dogs to to win it all right now. Yeah, uh, I saw they. I think they lost what eight or nine games in the season. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So, well, well, I mean, this is the first tournament ever that there's not a one, two, or a three seed. In the final four, so I mean they they were just in as a four seed, so yeah they've had plenty of losses to yeah. just be a four seed in the tournament. Well, we'll see how obviously it has turns out, but I'm looking forward to the tournament. I love it when all of the favorites, you know, get shamed and, and they got shamed. Yeah, yeah. UConn is twenty nine and eight on the year. Seven of those losses were in conference play, though. So they came into conference play with just one loss, and they beat teams. Uh, like Oregon, Alabama, Iowa State, Oklahoma State, Florida uh, in the non-conference, and then you hit a you hit conference play, and that's where they they ran into a little bit of trouble. But Big East is a really really good conference, so not shocking that they lost a few games in conference play. Yeah, and uh, this is a shout out to Mr. Anthony, who you know is uh, known frequently to uh, say that uh, Auburn needs to put on their big boy pants, you know, for certain games. Well, Anthony. 
apparently those big boy pants uh, were a little bit too large for uh, Alabama. They are one in nine now in the uh, Sweet 16s, uh, history-wise, uh, in their basketball program. You need that, right, guys? Yeah, saw that. Them and uh, I, I think them and uh, Tennessee are two of the two of the worst uh, records once you get to the Sweet 16 in the NCAA tournament. And I would say that Alabama probably had the easiest path compared to what Auburn had to continue with uh, to make the Final Four. Would you disagree or agree? Say that again, Steve. I would have said that Alabama had the easiest path this season to make it to the Final Four, uh, more so than Auburn had when they had to go to the Final Four. Well, they were the number one overall seed this year, and Auburn had to go through two one seeds, and what was Kentucky? Right. Was it there a three? So yeah, they absolutely had the easiest path to the Final Four, and you know that's why the NCAA tournament's so great. All right, speaking with the Final Four March Madness guys, a particular event occurred on the state in 1939 in college uh, basketball that. Uh, we celebrate now. Yeah. What was that? March Madness. Okay, the first March Madness. Yes, crowned his first men's NCAA championship. Okay, August eight, nineteen thirty-nine. The uh, teams were Oregon and Ohio State. Okay. Oregon won forty-six to thirty-three. How about that? Ducks on top. Yeah. Now, do you happen to know how many teams were allowed to be in that first tournament? I couldn't tell you. I'm, I'm sure it wasn't 64 like it is today. No, no, it was not 64. Wouldn't even wear near it. Eight teams. Eight teams. Wow. The eight. started with the elite eight. That was it. Only eight teams were invited to participate. And then uh, finally, in uh, 2001, it says here from the History Channel, uh, it advanced uh, to uh, 65 teams. Yeah. And then in 2011, it went to 68 teams. But I didn't know only eight teams were allowed. Yeah. In the first one. Uh, of course, uh, the first women's basketball team began when in 1982, according to History Channel. Okay. And they started with 32 teams. And speaking of that, guys, do you see anyone realistically knocking off South Carolina in the women's uh, NCAA tournament? No. I would say the only team that I could see is maybe LSU getting another shot at them. Yeah. But LSU didn't look great. They did win the basketball game last night, and they won it. You know, they, they ended up winning by a good margin. But it, it poor point portions of that game didn't look great right. and so uh, and south carolina beat them pretty handily yeah. in the regular season I, I don't think anybody touches south carolina they're just well, their their heads and heads and shoulders are better than everybody so what's their secret guys how have they been getting this uh, domination they've been getting in the because their football? players are better than everybody else's and their I head know, coach is how? better than everybody else's how have they been doing it though don staley don, is, is well, a great coach because yeah. she recruits well yeah so, so Steve, they have South Carolina has become what UConn was under yeah. Gino Ariema, and so, uh, and, and even before that, you could go back to Pat Summit at Tennessee. When you are just the preeminent coach and you are the preeminent program, you can go and get the best players because they want to come to play for you and win a national title. Yeah, you're going to miss on some, but right now, Don Staley in South Carolina, they are the program that any female high school basketball player strives to go and play for and so she is going to get her pick of the litter of any of the best players that she wants and that's exactly what she's doing so this really doesn't have very much relevancy to the nil this is pre pre prior to the nil uh, being established no they they built the don staley was able to start building this program quite a few years before nil came into existence just like what tom was saying uconn was able to to run the world of women's basketball for a while Tennessee under Pat Summit was able to run the world of college women's college basketball for a while. If as if you are able to ascend as a coach in the women's college basketball world at least to the top, 
everybody wants to come play for you, and you're having to turn people away saying, we don't have a spot for you. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, that was, I just wondered how they've been doing this. All right. Think with college basketball, guys. The supposedly controversial call at the end, at close to the end of the uh, Creighton San Diego State game. I saw it. I'm sure you all saw it. They replayed and replayed it. To me, it seemed like a clear foul. However, I've been reading criticism saying, well, they didn't call similar fouls uh, during the other parts of the game. Um, of course, I saw Sir Charles Barkley comments that he wouldn't made a no call. Uh, I disagree with him. I mean, I saw it. Uh, to me, it had impact. Uh, the, the player from Aztecs, when he was making the call, or when he was making the, the, uh, the throw, uh, his jersey was being pulled, and so it changed the direction of how he was uh, going to be making the throw. But, guys, did you think that was a controversial a foul call? Uh, well, all right, so it, it was a foul. I, I mean, plain and simple, it was a foul. It, it was very clearly a foul. And I understand, yeah, they were saying the, you know, the controversy is the fact that they had not been calling things like that throughout the game. However, you know, I mean, as an official, you can't sit there and just not call a foul. If you see a clear foul happen, whether you've been calling it or not, if you see a clear foul happen – you can't just sit there and go, well, I'm not going to call this because we're in the final seconds of the game. I mean, it, it was a very clear foul. And, and and so you, as an official, you have to call that. Um, so I don't think there's anything controversial about it. I, I mean, it, it was a foul. Uh, he, he had his hand on his hip. Uh, and, you know, that would have changed the direction of his body. And so, I mean, as an official, you can't just sit there and go, well, I'm just not going to call that because – we're right here in the last seconds of the game. But, you know, you start getting into the consistency of things. You know, if, if you have not been calling that all game and now you're going to call it then, it, you know, I kind of understand what they're saying with that. But, I mean, it was a very clear foul. I mean, it, it just was. That's what I thought, too. But then I was kind of surprised when I heard and I read uh, Barkley's, you know, comment that it uh, should have been just let go because um, he didn't think that officials need to, you know, um, I guess uh, impart themselves in, into the outcome of the game. I said, "Well, it happened. It happened. It ought to be called." Yeah. Well, I mean, and, and that's the thing is, you know, at, at what point do you let a foul go? I mean, that that was a very clear foul. I mean, what does a guy have to do? Just, I mean, completely tackle the dude and and pull him to the ground before you call a foul? I, you know, if it's a foul and you see the foul happening, I mean, it is your duty as an official to call that foul. I, I mean. I don't really see how it's very controversial, but uh, right. the only controversial thing is if you're not being consistent with it, if you've been letting it go all game, and then you call it, I, I understand, but uh, you know the official can't just not call a foul because it's right there in the crucial part of the game. I mean, if, if the foul happens, then you have to call it. And then the review about the clock at the very end, uh, when it went out of bounds, the NCAA finally, you know, I read later on, said explained that the, uh, the actual official – uh, clock. They have stopwatch. Apparently, uh, ruled that the, the the clock everybody else was seeing had not started on time, and so there actually was no time left when the ball went out of bounds. Did you read that? Yeah. So then that was weird how that went down because I I thought that the on TV that they were showing there was like point two left, but they yeah, they point did two three yeah yeah but they did but something the they did something with a stop a stopwatch. I, I'm not sure exactly how all that went down. Um, you know, I, but really, I mean, with 0.2 seconds left, there was not really much that 
anybody was going to be able to do. But then they were going to also have to try to review like even who touched the ball. And then they were also right. looking, they were also looking at the dude's foot at the other end of the court um, that threw it all the he way down. On it almost, he looked like he stepped it, on it. Yeah, I mean it was very close. They had about three or four things they were going to have to review just in that whole scenario right there, and. You know, whatever it was that they did with the stopwatch, but they determined there was that there was no time on the clock. Game was over. Yeah. Well, I commend Creighton's coach after the uh, of the loss. Uh, his comments as post game and said that you know there were a lot of maybe issues that people call controversial, but he said, well, you know what, basically that we didn't do Creighton meaning uh, what we need to do to win the game, and you know, saying they say did what they had to do to win it. So I thought that was a classy uh, uh, comment. Finally, real quickly, guys, and I'll probably can discuss this more uh, tomorrow, but uh, Major League Baseball, yeah, there's a broadcast station I mentioned to it last week a little bit called Diamond Sports. Yeah. Who is owned by who? Sinclair. Yes. And you know that Diamond Sports uh, is in maybe considered bankruptcy. They have not paid the Diamondbacks. That's one of the many local sports broadcasting uh uh, stations that they control and that they broadcast games for. Uh, do you happen to read how much they owe in this payments? I have not read that. Uh, it is not loose change. Uh, in fact, you can find it from Reuters, or Reuters news uh, columns by Dietrich K N A U T H. Um, anyway, uh, they buy right, right now this a hundred forty million dollars payments. Wow, owed to their lenders. Yeah, they get thirty grace period, but they're considering apparently filing for bankruptcy. But here's the the, the unfortunate part: you guys tell me about this. They own fourteen major league baseball teams that they broadcast the rights to. They do. Yes, fourteen, and one of those include who? The Atlanta Braves. That's right, Bally Sports. That's right. Well, their missed payments amount to thirty-one million dollars alone to the Diamondbacks payroll. Okay, and now, even though major league baseball said it does affect the season. Uh, and the broadcasting of those uh, local affiliates that does not, though, have any any impact on the missed payments and its impact on the players and the team's finances. So my question is this, guys. Uh, what happens to the payments that go to all these players? Um, that's a great question. I'm sure they, I'm, I'm sure they've got a system where they're, they're able to, to find different ways to get this money, but the, the Diamond Sports Group, Bally Sports, Sinclair Broadcasting, this has been an ongoing thing for the last couple years. It's finally coming to, it feels like it's coming up, you know, due here with the, a lot of, you know, there, there's a lot of people saying that it's going to be, you know, they're filing for bankruptcy and they, you know, we'll, we'll figure out what, the, but they own, like you said, 14 Major League Baseball uh, uh, franchises, the, the media rights with them. They also have a lot of hockey. They've got a lot of uh, NBA. So there's quite a few uh, pro sports uh, tie-ins with Bally Sports. And so, and then you also have some college football uh, tie-ins. I know some on Bally Sports South, they got some ACC football on there. And so there's a lot of different things that are tying into this one, this uh, the the Diamond Group Sports Group, and they they've got to get something figured out here soon. Yeah, I'm just wondering, okay, who, who pays these players all their salaries? Because it says on here the Diamondbacks, uh, according to this reporter, declined to comment. Yeah. On the missed payment and its impact on teams' finances. Wow. Okay, that's not, if I'm a player and you declined to comment, you know, I'd expect you know somebody from their. Uh, baseball organization to say don't worry guys we got you covered yeah no they declined to comment on anything yeah 
Well, I'm, I'm sure there, there's something. I'm sure within like the the bankruptcy stuff, there's something that they're that they're probably saying, "Hey, you don't comment on this right now until we get some, some more stuff figured out." Okay. Well, here's a final figure that'll maybe uh, uh, have you fall out of your seat. Apparently, Diamond Sports owes more than one. Get ready, more than one billion. That's with a B in baseball broadcasting fees for the 2023 season. Man, that is that is a lot of money. Uh, I thought these people make money off of local broadcasting, you know, like, you know, all these different, uh, uh, I guess, you know, broadcasting rights through ESPN, yeah. uh, Hulu, uh, you name it. Too. Uh, I mean, yeah. I, I don't even get it. How do they even, how do they even owe that kind of money? I thought they were supposed to be making money. That's a great question. I don't. I you know it. it it's a. It, it'd be fun to go into the the books and see what their what their financials have been over the past few years, where they were got you know got to the situation. Well, finally, the writer says this explanation, and I didn't get quite this this explanation is plausible. They said the regional sports broadcast were once seen as a prize offering in cable TV packages, but consumer cord cutting. Has made the business model less sustainable. Yeah. Because okay, well, a lot of people leaving cable, but these other providers, you still got to pay to watch these baseball games and yeah. football games, right? Yeah, I, I think the biggest thing. So what's court cutting got to do with it? I, I think the biggest thing is all the a lot of everybody is doing their own um, their own streaming service. So a lot of people are paying for MLB TV, NBA League Pass, NHL Center Ice. And but doesn't the, the, Diamond Sports still get the, the revenue from all that? Uh, they they get some of it from MLB, but you know it, it it just it really depends on what the contract looks like, and I I couldn't tell you what that does. Yeah, I mean I thought if anybody should be making money, it should be these people. Yeah, uh, not losing money. But all right. uh, so uh, thank you guys, and you know I did not know that we had an unannounced uh, football game Saturday. Oh yeah, yeah, twenty one to seven. Oh, the uh, the uh, the baseball game. Yeah, I left. It was eight to seven. I said, "Hey, I got to go make another comeback." I come back within maybe two three minutes. At the top of the eighth, and it was what? Yeah, they had sixteen runs in the eighth inning. Uh, guys, I know you know we're struggling for pitching, but good God, I probably could have gotten in there uh, and made a few strikes. You, you just throw me in, coach. You know, are we that uh, the, the, that deficient in um, backup? Uh, pitching? Well, they, they, you know, you had two comeback wins on Thursday and Friday and had to go to the bullpen quite a bit in those games. And so it, everything's kind of falling, not falling apart, but everything's kind of falling in a little bit of uh, not, I don't know what the good word is, maybe a little bit of disarray since Joseph Gonzalez went down and you had another guy, Chase Isbell, who you thought was going to be your Friday starter. He got hurt. You're, you know, you're working him back in the bullpen now. And so it, there's been different uh, different reasons going on, and you just you ran through a lot of arms that Thursday and Friday comeback games, and you just didn't have them there on Saturday, or yeah, on Saturday for that third game. So you'll have to try to work your way through it. I'm uh, Butch Thompson and uh, Coach Sean Rock, both of them are, are very capable of putting that together. So I'm sure once we you know that you get the feeling out a little bit as you start a conference play, as you go these next couple weekends, they're going to have a better better feel of how to manage that bullpen when it comes to the, the conference games. But when you're behind and you're having to go to different pitchers, that kind of throws your your weekend off track. I'm just saying, to eight to seven. Hey, you better come back because yeah. you're losing eight to two. All right, but thirteen runs should never be allowed by any yeah. any 
any team. I mean, uh, this, these was ours, but even more so, it was not just the pitching. I saw all kinds of errors. Yeah. Uh, Kirby, this is a, I thought, an easy pop up around first base unless it drop. Yeah. Well, and, and I'll tell you this, Steve, that, you know, as somebody that has played a lot of baseball, I, sometimes you get in an inning like that and, and that snowball starts rolling and you just can't stop it. Yeah. And, and, and then you, you end up having people that never make errors make errors. And it just, it just one thing compounds on another. And you start trying too hard to try to get out of the inning and it just keeps just snowballing and manifesting in something bad. But it's one of those things, just chalk it up to what it was, move on. I mean, there's not. Can't go back and change it. Uh, they ran out of arms, and they just had a one just god-awful inning in that game. And unfortunately, it's kind of thing that happens in baseball all over the place. Well, I hope it's not a what, port- portending of any uh, future debacles like that. No, you, uh, you, you hope not, but like I said, it happens. And I, uh, yeah. I mean, it's it, 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 it happens. It happens in Major League Baseball. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, there, there's teams that just get walloped like that in the in the majors. And have to go to having uh, uh, field players throwing the ball because they're getting beat so bad, and they've just run out of arms in the bullpen, and that's kind of what Auburn ran into the, in that last game. Well, I know our, our gymnastics team is uh, leaving tomorrow morning. It'll be a reverse tiger walk around, I think, seven forty-five a.m. But still, no medical clearance from what I've read on two forty-seven sports from this SUNY Lee guys. Do you know anything any differently right now? Will she be? On that plane with the rest of the team? Graba, uh, Coach Jeff Graba met with the media earlier today and said that everything's a possibility right now. And so I, I would fully expect Suni Lee to be with the team as, just as she was with the team in the SEC tournament uh, up in, or the SEC championships in Duluth, Georgia a couple weeks ago. Well, I suspect our chances are a lot better with her participating, right? Yes, as long as she as long as she is in a well enough form to, to participate, she there definitely have better chances of making it out of this weekend. All right, well, that's all, guys. Hey, thank you for letting me ramble. Uh, my time is way, way, way up, so I appreciate that for you. For you guys letting me do that. Y'all have a safe and relaxing afternoon, and uh, we'll talk to you more, guys. Same time, same bat channel. Until then, War Eagle. War Eagle, Steve. That was Tired Ward M. Steve joining us on the Auburn Bank phone line. When we come back, we head back to the Auburn Bank phone line with your calls right after this. We need a timeout. Sports Call will be back after this quick break. Now back to Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Sports Call can now be heard on Amazon Alexa devices. Open the Alexa app on your iPhone or Android. Tap the menu icon in the top left corner. Tap Skills and Games in the menu. Search Sports Call Auburn. Select the skill, then tap Enable to use. You're done. All you have to do now is say, Hey Alexa, play Sports Call Auburn. And you're listening to Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. 334-887-341 locally. Toll free one 9 tiger 9 I'm Brooks Childress, joined by Brent Daughtry, Tom Peavy, on a Monday edition of Sports Call. Sitting in for Ryan Lavoy, he'll be back here tomorrow for a new edition of Sports Call. We're getting off the air a little bit early today as we get set for Auburn softball tonight 
against Missouri, the Missouri Tigers right here on Tiger 95.9. Airtime at 545. We'll be off the air about 515. Thanks to retired Wardam Steve, who was just on the Auburn Bank phone line moments ago. Had a great call with him. Now we go back to that Auburn Bank phone line, and it is... Matt from Tallahassee. Matt from Tallahassee for Auburn. Welcome to the Auburn Bank phone line. How are you doing today, Matt? Uh, I'm doing fine. I got a few minutes because I'm listening. Uh, gone away over my time, but hi, Brent. Hi, Tom. Hello, hey, Matt. Hey, uh, hey, hey, Brent. It's Tom behaving. He's 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 doing all right. He's all right today. Hey, well, hey, uh, well, I just want to know what do you guys think about the game tonight, the softball game, and the recruits that we got for football for for Virginia for next for 2025. And I will try to listen on radio, but uh, I will try to call next Monday. But my time's up. And I just want to know what you guys think, or thoughts, and I'll see if I can listen on radio. But your comments. All right, Matt. Well, thanks for that call. Three three four eight eight seven thirty four. Locally toll free one triple eight nine Tiger nine. That's how you get on the Auburn Bank phone line. Uh, so, you know, we, we talked about it a little bit, but thoughts on the game uh, tonight for softball? Yeah, you got a day off, which means that Maddie Pence is probably going to get the start again today. And uh, the, so. the last time that she faced this Missouri lineup, she had 17 strikeouts and didn't give up a run. So pretty incredible performance from her. Hopefully she's locked in again. Hopefully she can maybe not replicate that performance. That's a lot to ask, but hopefully she can still throw up some good numbers and uh, not not let them get a ton of runs up on the board. And uh, hopefully Auburn can come away with a sweep. As far as uh, Jamarian Burnett, Fat Burnett, P H A T, if that's how you, if that's his nickname, uh, I think he's a pretty good tailback. Um, not very shifty, but not slow. Uh, he he's got good straight line speed. Uh, big guy, six one two. I've seen him listed everywhere from two ten to two thirty. So he's six foot one and he's big. Uh, but he's a he's a bruiser. Um, but he's got enough straight line speed to to break one. Uh, I, I think he's a really good pickup, and I think that he is the next in a long line of really good Auburn running backs. Tom, Tom, uh, thoughts on the game tonight? I, I mean, it, yeah, I'm going to assume that Maddie Penna gets in the circle, and yeah, I mean, like I said, they, last time she faced him, it was an incredible outing. So. You have to imagine that. The biggest thing that I want to see, the pitching you know is going to be there, and I want to see the offense keep progressing um, and put a whole bunch of runs on the board. Uh, as far as everything else, yeah, I mean, uh, interesting to kind of see what happens. Yeah, you get that commitment from uh, Fat Burnett. Um, again, P-H-A-T, Fat Burnett. Um, I am curious, though, recruiting-wise, um, especially in the on-three rankings, there's been some movement with guys getting um, five-star, getting their fifth star and things like that. Yeah. There's one to keep an eye on, and right now he's committed to Alabama, but it, he's he is now listed, I think, as the number three player in the country. Okay, and that's Ryan Smith out of Saraland. Yeah, that I, sounds right. I believe, and he is a Auburn legacy. And now the thing is, he was not being recruited hardly at all with Brian Harson yeah. and that staff, and he went to Alabama or committed to Alabama, but he is not signed with them. Uh, he's, I think, he has visited Auburn. Auburn is in on him they are trying to get him obviously he has major connections to auburn uh everything that i had heard is that he had always wanted to come to auburn he is an auburn fan like i said he is an auburn family his his family came to auburn he is the number three player in the country number one wide receiver in the country keep an eye out on that one that you know that that raises a question and uh, we've got uh hugh freeze has wrapped up his media um 
session as, uh, a little bit ago, so we'll get to some of that spring football talk in just a moment. But that, that raises a question. I saw it on Twitter earlier. Someone was tweeting, and you, know, you bring this up. What was happening over the last few years if it, a guy that has ascended quickly mm-hmm. to the number three player in the country, an Auburn legacy, yeah. and you just said it seemed like Brian Harson and the Auburn staff were not – heavily recruiting him when he went to Alabama. Well, Brian, Brian Harson and, and did not put the importance that he needed to put on recruiting at, at any position. And that's painfully obvious at this point. And I mean, I think that's the beginning and the end of the story. He just wasn't, he wasn't doing it. He wasn't. No. I, so, and, and I don't remember who I heard this from. But uh, even, even if you don't, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm no, 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 Tom, no, go ahead. but even if you're, you're not putting that emphasis on recruiting, I don't, what, I don't know. Man. I don't know. He was he was a bad guy. fit. Like that, he was a bad recruiter. That, he didn't work my, out, and, and that's know, why he's gone. I know you don't have the you know. I know nobody in here has the answer because none of us in here are Brian Harson. But that that's just you know in my head. That's my thoughts. Is why wasn't that why wasn't more done with this guy so that you're not having to fight from behind to get to fight Alabama for an Auburn legacy? I, I don't know. Ask Brian. <laughs> Ask Brian Harson. I don't know. He's gone. He's gone. The man is effectively dead. What he did does not matter anymore. Uh, well, I'm, I'm, that, that, I'm glad that, he's gone. That doesn't. That's not 100 percent true. It's it's absolutely true. I, you know who's not worried about Brian Harson? Who's that? Hugh Freeze. Well, and, I, and I'm I know that I've come on here and said I'm not the biggest Hugh Freeze fan, and that's still true. But he doesn't freaking care. Well, hold on. And me, neither do me, I. Like I, me, I, I, I'm I'm let, so tired of talking about Brian Harson. He sucked and he's gone. Let, let me put a pin in that. Hugh Freeze does care about Brian Harson. Mainly, he cares about what Brian Harson left him because now, like, like I just said, yeah, he Hugh came Freeze's, in and he came in and has said, looked at the roster and went, "Ooh, we got stuff to do." Hugh Freeze, so he started doing it. Hugh Freeze is having to play catch up right now with what what Brian Harson did or did not leave him. I'm sorry to interrupt you, Tom. Go ahead. I also want to say I was saying Ryan Smith, Ryan Williams. I, I want to make sure I clear okay. that he was named Mister Football in, in the state this year. Um. So yeah, Ryan Williams, not Ryan Smith, but um, you know, I, I don't remember who I heard this from, but I I was t- told by somebody I heard that uh, I think it was even one of the coaches down there at Saraland had had said something along the lines of that you know we've got the best player in the state of Alabama and Brian Harson hasn't even come down here and met with him. Several coaches said that. Yeah, you know that's that's just terrible. I mean, you got one of the best players in the country in your own state, and you haven't even gone and visited him. And I, look, Brent, to your point, that's I, dumb. I know, I know. People, you know, we 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 don't. It's it's beating it's beating a dead horse that's it, been it beaten is. for several months now, it, and it, I'm tired of swinging the bat. It is at at this point, but it's still because of how this program is is currently structured, not structured. How the the because of you keep getting the stories of. Hey, this kid's almost got his five star, and it you know it he's you know committed Alabama, but guess what? He's an Auburn legacy. That it's going to keep coming back up because you have to you know you're, you're thinking about how did this happen? And you know I I know it, it doesn't you know we don't need to stand on it and just keep you know ro- going like get on a soapbox for a, an hour and a half about the the downfalls of the Brian Harson era at Auburn, but it's it's still you you continue to illustrate what happened, and especially when you look at you know. Every weekend, you see the our great friends from the Auburn Beat writers tweeting about this four stars coming in to visit this, and you didn't see that 
Yeah, because Hugh Freeze is placing a priority on recruiting. And and to to clear things up, Brooks, I'm not mad at you. No, I'm mad at I'm mad at the whole situation. Like Brian Harson never should have come here, and we all realize that. Why are we still talking about this man? Yeah. Why 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 is he taking up space in our heads right now? He's he's dead and gone. You see, for, uh, for all intents and purposes. I don't care. Did you see, uh, I don't want to talk about Brian Harson anymore. Do you see Brian Harson is uh, doing no, I didn't. college visits with uh, with his with his son? Well, he got he got an offer from Arkansas Pine Bluff. His son did? Yeah. I didn't see that one. I know, I, I know, I know he was a three star last year at Auburn High. They they've been in Cali for a little bit. He was at uh one of one at Cal not Caltech. Uh, Cal Poly was last week. Right. He's been doing a, a road trip over a few Cal schools. Not not no uh FBS level yet. Yet. But uh, that, that's what Brian Harson's doing now is, is doing the college visits with with the kids. Good for him, man. Go Hugh, be a, go be a dad. You got a ton of money to go be a dad. Hugh Good Freeze, for him. Uh, talked a little bit on for the media. We'll, we'll hit on that here before we hit our top of the hour break. Uh, mentioned earlier that coming up the Tigers coming off of their Friday scrimmage. Uh, talked about the quarterback play in that. Let me see if I can pull up the uh, the. Quote real quick, uh, progress on the quarterbacks is what Hugh Freeze says. Quote, we got better last week. They added a few additional periods of just teaching the, quote, base fundamental things of how the offense should work. Friday scrimmage was hard to judge. QBs, quote, took a turn, took a step forward last week. Uh, said Holden Gurner really stood out and his uh, grasp of what we're trying to do was impressive. And then Robbie Ashford was nursing a so- sore shoulder last week. So was unable to throw Wednesday and just sparingly Friday after having his best practice of the spring last Monday. So that's quotes from uh, Hugh Freeze on the quarterback situation right now. I wonder if that sore shoulder has anything to do with what he was dealing with last year or if it's a different issue. Because if it's if it's lingering this long, it might be something to be concerned about. And, and obviously yeah. we don't know. Uh, but, yeah, interesting. Interesting that interesting that he, he highlights Gurner as well. Like kind yeah. of the guy that everyone says – Oh, that was Brian Harson's guy. He's going to be out of here by the end of the spring. I, I've seen a couple of people say that. Not everybody, obviously, yeah. but um, I don't know. I I'm still high on Holden Gurner. I think he was a really good high school quarterback. I think he can be a really good college quarterback. Yeah, uh, and I think he's kind of. I'm not going. I don't know if he'll start this season, but uh, I don't know. I, I think he's pretty. I think he's better than a lot of Auburn fans are anticipating him being also finished out his presser by saying uh was asked a question about transfer portal and he said we are open to the portal business for anyone who fits our culture at auburn and can help us improve our team quickly which i think is the uh the right thing to say that's that is the correct outlook to have uh and then also at some point during the presser ignited the auburn twitter world into a fight on uh auburn area pizza Mainly saying he he was a big he was a fan of Little Italy's pizza, which also kind of ignited a, a, di- a discussion in the sports call studios during yeah. the middle of the com- last commercial break <laughs> about pizza in the Auburn Opelika area. The only reason people like Little Italy is because it's open at two a.m. when they're all hammered. That's the only traction Little Italy gets. That is what they have. Their pizza is it's so okay. Listen, Tom's their pizza big, is so just okay. Tom's a big fan of Little Italy, yeah. and he's he's never hammered. <laughs> Tom Tom works at a bar. It's like it's kind of it comes with the territory. He may not be actually drunk, but his taste buds are. I so oh, oh. I actually I got very <laughs> wow. good t- for the way I, for wow. the way that I cook. I, I'm like a foodie. You do you do grill. Watch you do out. look. You can whip on a grill uh, a little bit. I well stovetop. I I can cook. That's the thing. I I can cook. Fair but, enough. And I can't. To no. be fair. Um. No, anytime I get little Italy is when I'm just 
craving pizza that's that is my go-to pizza and and that's not drunk that is stone cold sober i just want pizza uh the little Italy special is my go-to now i do get them to cook it a little bit longer because i like a little crunchy crust All the, right. you know but uh which i think is where we disagree based on the discussion right. that we had earlier is like i like a more airy fluffy doughy crust yeah. and you like the the crispier right. stuff now now if i now if i really want to drop some dough on some <laughs> get that good dry <laughs> hey hey um if, if you really want to like put some money down on some on pizza that is like a pizza place not just a pizza at a restaurant or something yeah. But I mean, Johnny Brusco's is is amazing, but yeah, it's pricey. That's it's a very expensive pizza. If you just want a good priced pie that is really good, I mean, Little Italy, man, you can't. I don't want to say you can't beat it, but I mean, it's better than Papa John's. It's better than Domino's. I Marco's is pretty good, um, but I, I say that Cam just t- chimed in via text. See, that's his go-to. Yeah, Marco's is pretty good, but I mean, it, it, Little Lily is still better. I enjoy Marco's. It, it's still better than it's better than Papa John's, better than Domino's. Yeah, it's good pizza, man. Wrong. Sports Call Auburn is open just to an wrong. official pizza sponsor. Hit us up three three four eight eight seven thirty four locally. We'll be back with the final fifteen minutes of Sports Call right after this break. Two hours of Sports Call are finished. Don't touch that radio dial. We've got one more hour to go. Whether you're leaving work, cruising around town, or listening on demand, we've still got some fun left for you. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show has been on the air since 1995 and is ready for 60 more minutes of fun. Now, let's get this hour of Sports Call started. third and final 15 minutes left of sports call coming up right now tiger 95.9 sports links you to our new website the tiger.fm sports call podcast of course where you can find this show any show that you've uh you've missed brant you look you look you, you look confused i'm not confused ah, i thought you you had a you had a confused look on your face no you you had an inter- either a confused or an entertained look. I can't I can't dis- dissect which one. My it was. confused face and my entertained face are similar to you. I guess so. Interesting. Yeah. Well, it's thirty. Now I'm confused. How do, how do you feel about it being fifteen minutes left in the show? Um. I don't know. I. Do you feel appreciative that you're getting off early? Sure. Yeah, you should. I'm not getting off early, but I'm getting off the show early. <laughs> Uh, so if you want to get your phone calls in, 334-887-341 locally, toll free one 9 tiger 9 just a few more minutes. We'll start out our number three with our, or I say our number three, last 15 minutes with our daily show recap. How about that? We've already finished the first two hours of Sports Call today. <sighs> Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. It jumped up a notch. It did, didn't it? It's now time for the Daily Show Recap. Um, 
Can you repeat the part of the stuff where you said all about the things? Daily Show recap. We've had a lot of talking today. We've talked a little bit about Final Four. We've talked some Auburn basketball or some Auburn baseball, some Auburn softball. We've talked some recruiting uh, in the last segment. We have great some great phone calls. So, you, like I said, if you missed any of that, head over to the Sports Call podcast. Brought to you by our friends over at Coca Cola. Before we get to our best and worst of the weekend, I want to tell you about the second annual Backyard Boilers Crawfish Boil and Music Festival presented by the Real Town Lions Club, April the first. It's 2 p.m. Saturday, April the 1st uh, in Nodasolga. That's this weekend. $25 entry fee, $10 for kids 12 and under. Coolers and chairs are welcome. Food is sold separately at the event. There's going to be live music from Dan Lee, Dixie Red, Russell Craig Band, Shades of Grey, and DJ Red. Special pro- or some proceeds going to benefit the Real Town Fire Department. Special guests, American singer-songwriter Ashton Chernel. She'll be there, so make sure that you head over to Nodasolga. The Real Town Rodeo Grounds at 1900 Highway 49 South in Otisola this weekend. Second annual <coughs> Backyard Boilers Crawfish Boil Music Fest. All right. We're having to run through some things here. Last little bit of the show. As we start, or as we do every Monday, let's get to our best and worst of the weekend. Now time for the best. Woohoo! And worst. No! 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 Of the weekend. Best and worst of the weekend as we roll through these last few minutes of Sports Call. Tom, we'll start with you and we'll go whatever direction you want to go first. Uh, well, I mean, it, it got to start out with the worst, and that was Auburn baseball uh, on the Saturday game. Mm-hmm. Just, oof, butt whipping. And, and I, there's reasons for it. You ran out of pitching, but still, it's, it's kind of embarrassing when you, as an Auburn fan, you look up at that final score and you're like, oh, ouch. Goodness. Still won the series. Yes, Camberry from the back. <laughs> from the back. Uh, still won the series, but yeah, that Sunday game, or I'm sorry, the Saturday game, which was the finale, uh-huh. 16 runs in that one inning, yeah. just not not good. So, you know, still won the series, though, but that that one game itself, pretty bad. Brant, watch the weekend? Uh, Atlanta United's performance up in Columbus against the Columbus crew. Yes, they were missing five players, four of them. Uh, key contributors due to an international break, uh, but losing six to one is never good. Uh, I don't care if you're having to play several backups. Uh, it just not not a good showing from them, and you know, obviously, things kind of spiraled towards the end. Uh, you also lost Andrew Gutman for a little while, which I know no one knows who that is, but he's a pretty good player, uh, and he got lost to an injury, so he might be down for uh, two or three weeks. So. Hopefully he comes back quickly, but uh, just just a bad performance up in Columbus, not what Atlanta wanted. My worst of the weekend. I was in uh, Huntsville this weekend for a, a a friend's wedding. Great wedding. The 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 worst of the weekend is not the wedding. Great wedding. Uh, great food. Everything was fun. The worst of the weekend came when uh, I, I had to kill time before the wedding because my fiance Grace was in said wedding. And so that means between 8 a.m. and about 4 o'clock when the well, 3.30 when I had to get to the venue, I was on my own. So I had to find something to do in Huntsville. Great town. If you've ever been to Huntsville, great city. Uh, highly recommend visiting it. But the, the worst came. I know Friday night, you know, some bad weather rolled through the state. A lot of rain up in the north part of the state on Friday night. Well, I had planned to go to catch a Alabama A&M softball game the next day. Okay. Well, I roll up to the to Alabama A and M's campus to the the baseball and softball fields. As I roll up after the game is supposed to have started, not a soul there, <laughs> not an absolute soul there. Check their Twitter, no posts. Check their website, nothing updated. 
Later came to find out that they did move the game to a doubleheader because the field did not drain as well uh, from the night before. But just I, I, did, I had planned this whole thing out. I was going to go to this game on Saturday. Missed, could not get to it because there's they, they didn't play it. And so that's my worst of the weekend is I missed an opportunity to uh, do to see uh, a nice you know some college softball up there had had a nice plan and rain kind of ruined that and so that's my worst of the weekend. Yep. Alabama A&M's got a nice campus though. I, I rolled around the yeah. campus. It's it's a very nice campus. Best of the weekend, Tom. Uh, best of the weekend. I mean, there was a lot of good stuff, but uh, man, the <gasps> per- the performance last night that Caitlin Clark put on for yeah. Iowa in the uh, Elite Eight against Louisville, first ever. 40-point triple-double in Division I NCAA tournament history. Uh, and I was 97-83, Elite Eight win over Louisville. 41 points, 12 assists, 10 rebounds. Uh, just incredible. She was going to be the first-ever 30-point triple-double, but then she surpassed the 30 points and got to the 41 mark. So uh, just an absolutely ridiculously incredible performance from Caitlin Clark. I mean, she's one of the best, if not the best, uh, basketball and women in women's college basketball right now, uh, and to do what she did in an elite eight game against Louisville, that was just insane. Brant, best of the weekend. My best of the weekend. This could have also been the worst of the weekend, but I had another worst, so I'm going to go with. Hey, this was funny, so it's my best. Oh. Uh, Ryan Reeves is, I believe, a defenseman for the Minnesota Wild, and before the game that they played on either Friday or Saturday, uh, he's decided to partake in some smelling salts, and the uh. first bunch of smelling salts that he got. We're not strong enough for him. So he sniffs him a little bit and then looks over at the trainer and says, hey, give me that one. Uh, takes a couple of whiffs of that smelling salt, and uh, they they get to him a little bit. And I, I don't want to get like graphic about his reaction to those smelling salts, but they, they worked. They worked a lot better than the first one. I'll say that. And his reaction is very, very funny. Where can people find that on Twitter? That is on the Twitterverse. Okay. Ryan Reeves. All right. Ryan Reeves. Uh, R E A V E S. Ryan Reeves. Excellent. So that's your best of the weekend. The Minnesota Wild. To yeah, his, re- his reaction to like, hey, these aren't strong enough. Give me the stronger ones. And then just getting absolutely destroyed by the stronger <laughs> smelling salts. It's very funny. Uh, my best of the weekend is I'm going to go back to my weekend in Huntsville, the wedding I went to. Uh, a couple friends got married. Uh, congratulations to Kelly and Thomas. They're leaving for their honeymoon tomorrow, I believe. So a couple days uh, to enjoy wedding bliss at their at their home in Huntsville and then they're going on a on a European trip. They're going to hit France and Germany and I think the Netherlands too for some tulip festivals. And so congratulations to them. Hope they have a long and happy life together. Uh their wedding was fun. It was it was very beautiful. The church uh Trinity United Methodist Church up in um in Huntsville, very beautiful old church. I think it was like a 1950s is when it was built. And so very a nice beautiful old church. Uh, reception was good. The food was fantastic. Uh, the, the chicken Florentine that they had, great stuff. And so congratulations to them getting married. Thanks for inviting me. Thanks for uh, having, <laughs> having grace in your wedding so that I could actually, I could be invited as well. And yeah, it was a good weekend up there. It was a, it was a fun time, except for obviously missing, not get to go to that softball game. But that, that, is, that is not on this part. That was in the last part. So yeah, best and worst of the weekend. If you have a best and worst of the weekend, send it to us at SportsCallAU on Twitter. We'd love to see those. Maybe we'll read some of those tomorrow. Uh, we get enough responses. Now, before we leave and get out of here and end the show, it's time for our nightly TV guide. Our show is about to end, but we've got you covered on entertainment for the evening. Here's Sports Call's nightly TV guide. 
nightly TV guide brought to you by our friends over at White Claw Hard Seltzer. Stop by any one of your local 17TK's convenience stores today. Pick up a variety pack of White Claw Hard Seltzers. What better way to finish off your Monday than sit down with the, you know, by the TV, watch some sports or movies, crack open a nice cold White Claw. That's how I want to spend my evening. Tonight, TV guide for you. Let's start off with uh, with a movie pick for you. Just one. Six o'clock on Nickelodeon. It's Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. I never saw it. You've never seen it? I never saw it. Oh. Cam's disappointed in you. Well, he usually is. I don't think Tom's ever seen Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. No, never have. And then Bill, I think Bill Hader is one of the voices in it. Bill Hader. I, I know who Bill Hader is. Yeah. So... You should watch it tonight. Six o'clock Nickelodeon. There you go. There's probably your not going There's to. Your but pick. I appreciate the recommendation. Uh, elsewhere, sports-wise tonight, six o'clock on ESPN. It's a back-to-back of the women's Elite Eight basketball. Leading things off at six o'clock with number two seeded Maryland taking on number one seeded South Carolina. South Carolina undefeated on the year. They're a 14 and a half point favorite. Shocker to absolutely nobody. Uh, then at eight o'clock tonight, ESPN number three seeded Ohio State visits number one seeded Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech only a three point favorite in that one. So women's college basketball action for you. Also women's college basketball action: the NJCAA Women's Basketball Tournament Championship tonight. The National Junior College Women's Basketball Championship for those needed that uh, that uh, that uh, acronym spelled out. Northwest Florida State taking on Trinity Valley eight o'clock on ESPN two. So there's some junior college basketball for you. Some of the young. Uh, some of the lower down leagues. High school basketball skills challenge coming up from the McDonald's All-American teams, 6.30 on ESPNU. Also tonight, ESPN2 at 6 o'clock. It is the XFL Monday Night Football. Houston Roughnecks taking on the D.C. Defenders. The uh, Defenders are 5-0. and Anybody watching the XFL recently? I have not paid attention to it at yeah. all this year. I said I was going to, and I just I haven't. I've seen some, but there's just been other things on TV that I'm watching other than that. Mm. Like the History Channel. Like the History Channel. Yeah. Oh, you! I've watched a little bit. I haven't, you know, not a lot, but just a little bit. I've heard. I've heard it's been entertaining. It, you know, I it's mean, been like decent football. Yeah. What? I wouldn't complain to watch watch more football, but yeah, it's fine. Six thirty TNT tonight. The U.S. Men's National Team back in action. Shellacked Grenada on Friday night. I think it was seven to one was the final. Uh, they take on El Salvador tonight in some Concacaf Nations League action. So check that out. And then. As we've said, Auburn softball in action tonight at 6 o'clock in the SEC Network. Missouri taking on number 25, Auburn. Also listen to that right here on Tiger 95.9. Tom? Yes, sir. You going to watch the History Channel tonight? Uh, probably. All right. Or the Travel Channel. Or depending Travel on, Channel. Depending on what's on. What's your go-to show on the Travel Channel? Because that's, that's like the ghost stories, right? Yeah. I mean, Paranormal Caught on Camera okay. is pretty good. Uh yeah, I mean, that that's probably my, if I had to say a go-to, the paranormal call on camera. You ever watch Mountain Monsters? It's too fake. We're, I'm, we're going to have to get into a Mountain Monsters conversation, because that was my go-to show for a while, and yeah, I knew it was just ridiculous. It's, it's ridiculously over-the-top fake, and I can't get into that. All right, well, whatever you do tonight, enjoy it with a nice well, cold. i got to work. <laughs> <laughs> whatever you do tonight, enjoy it with a nice cold white claw hard seltzer that was our nightly tv guide brought to you by white claw this has been sports call i've been brooks childress that's been brant daughtry across from me thank you for having me say goodbye brant i just did that's been tom Peavy across from me say goodbye tom goodbye tom <laughs> we'll catch you tomorrow ryan lavoy this is will such be back. a weird show today that's right and it'll only get better once the week goes on because i won't be here thanks for tuning in and calling in we'll be back tomorrow with a new episode